I think what it comes down to is this notion of creating space in your relationship Mm -hmm. and space for the other person, the space for them to be themselves, the space for them to have their big feelings, the space for them to be held when they're ready to be held. And so it's far like maybe that is what the expectation is. I've always expected you to have to create space for me as I feel you probably have expected that of me to create Mm -hmm. for you. And I think where you and I, I found our relationship a lot different than many that I've had. And I am truly grateful for and appreciate it. And maybe it comes back to this, like you and I are in the same vibe, but this creating space idea is that you always ask me what I need. Welcome to Cowgirls Over Coffee, where we encourage and equip women to embrace the process and practice of tackling daily demands, actually executing on our plans, and taking action on the most audacious goals that we can come up with without sacrificing our peace and staying rooted in our purpose. These are conversations for doers, for those of us who refuse to settle for less than we absolutely know we are capable of achieving for women who are cultivating thriving homes and businesses side by side. I'm your host, Thea Larson. Grab a coffee and sit down. We have so much to talk about. Okay, so this is our first episode of Cowgirls Over Coffee, the podcast. This is it. And I really don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So what I decided to do for this, like after so much planning, I cannot tell you how much planning I have put into. And this is, this is 100% Thea is like, I will plan and plan and plan. And I don't think I have like a perfection complex, but maybe Meg can weigh in and we'll talk. (laughs) But the point of this, as I was planning, I was like, what the first episode needs to be is really what was at the heart of the beginning of Cowgirls Over Coffee, which was really Meg and I's friendship, which began online on Twitter when we met on Twitter, like, what was that like 2007 2008 it's been mm. i know right yeah, uh yeah somewhere in there somewhere in I there just, somewhere in there i, I can't even I can't math that hard but like 15 years ago we'll say pre husbands before we had either of us met our husbands i know pre everything all everything yeah just out of college like the beginning of i was still in college Oh, yeah, huh? I remember sitting in the computer lab at the business in the business college. I got a business degree and I was supposed to be like working on like a group project. You and I were totally on Twitter and Skype, just like checking around, coming up with like our 30th iteration of whatever entrepreneurial endeavor we had. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Before Meg and I got on, I was like, I really want to talk about our long distance relationship because that's what it's like. We met, (laughs) we are like the epitome of a long distance relationship and how you can make a long distance relationship work. But I just want to say, that's where we wanted to take you. That's where I wanted to take you on this journey. As we start the cowgirls over coffee podcast, like where it all started, how it began. And we wanted to talk kind of about exploring the dynamics of female friendships and you see the, what is it like a meme or whatever, like the fierce female friendship. And this is just felt so much more purposeful and grounded than that. And the evolution of the relationship we've had, which has been really the catalyst for what cowgirls over coffee was like before I even started cowgirls over coffee. 
So I just want to welcome you to sit down at our table. And this is me and my bestie. And we'll tell you about what our thoughts are. And hopefully you'll get sort of a feeling for where this all started and where we're going with the conversations to come. So I guess we already told them that we met on Twitter. (laughs) This sounds like a... This was before you could swipe left and right, people. <laughs> like before colleges, I was like, this is like before Pinterest, before Instagram. We were like early adopters. We're still early adopters, I feel like. Yeah. In all aspects of life. Like, okay, I'm trying to remember what our, our original handles were. Oh, I remember them exactly. Mine was at this cowgirl life because I had my little blog that I wanted to do. Yeah. Yours was cowgirl Barbie. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be further from the truth anymore. <laughs> so, like, it wasn't even then. It wasn't even, I don't feel like it was really. So we met on Twitter and Twitter was much smaller then too. Like, I feel. Yeah, it was an intimate community for sure. It was. And it was so funny because we hadn't met in real life, but we had like similar circles because we were running in similar circles of like pro rodeo production and you were Miss Rodeo Colorado. I was, hence the cowgirl Barbie. Yes. I feel like several of my very good friends that I look up to went through like the Miss Rodeo pageant situation. (laughs) That's a vortex of sexy win. I was rodeo queen adjacent. Well, I think it's because the circles here that you and I run in, like we're all, we love communication. We love messaging. We love marketing. We love taking a project and seeing it to fruition and I think that is probably where the like common thread is. Like it's not necessarily the rodeo queen thing, but it's like truly this like PR liaison and like advocacy was just like advocacy, not advocacy, advocacy was just like at the beginning in its early fruition when when Twitter was live, right? You and I met and bonded over over letters on a on a screen. It's really fun. <laughs> the first project, it's like the first big project that Meg and I decided to like tackle together was I had just left Expo New Mexico where I was a sponsorship and promotions director for the New Mexico State Fair and the PRCA Rodeo in Albuquerque. And at that point in time, it was a 17-day event, an eight-perf rodeo. We were working with some of the best in the business, in my opinion, and I loved it so much. And then my boyfriend at the time got a job as like a foreman on a ranch in Las Cruces, New Mexico, And so I was like, okay, I applied for a job and I was given the position of CEO of the United Way of Southwest New Mexico. And I made this shift from rodeo and events into nonprofit management, which looking back was awesome. Like I'm so thankful for the administrative experience, like the true executive administrative experience I received and working in nonprofits. But I was so outside of my element and quite frankly, so bored. And that was why I started the blog, connected with Meg Online. And at that time, I was like, there is no quality Western lifestyle magazine for women, right? Mm -hmm. This is before Cowgirl Magazine came out. And so we kind of were working together and we created a magazine called Dirt Road Daughters because we wanted it to be, you know, it's so hard with the term cowgirl. And that's something I've struggled with cowgirls over coffee too, is like the whole conversation over what is a cowgirl and all that kind of stuff. And I've embraced it more. I still feel... Like, it's a tough thing because especially like in the membership, we always hear like, oh, am I cowgirl enough? And that's a whole episode in and of itself. But we started this magazine. And so we had a photo shoot for the magazine 
and it was scheduled in Colorado. I was in Las Cruces, New Mexico at the time. Meg was up near Fort Collins, Colorado at the time. And I was going to stay with Meg. Like, this is like, this would be a cautionary tale. If this was stay- like, yeah, pre-Airbnb. Like, like what were we thinking? <laughs> it is a co- so I flew out to meet a perfect stranger and stay with her. And then I think you were working or something. So you sent Trent from Really Hatworks. He was going to Denver. So Trent picked me up. So I got picked up by a strange man that I had never met. <laughs> and here's me. Like, this is also, this is so at my core. I have so many stories of like doing things that I'm just, I have a really good guardian angel, like a hundred percent. Okay. Okay. No, you have very good intuition too. You have very good intuition. Thank you for giving me credit for that. Like, I just like, I'm like Bambi in the forest, just stumbling along and I have to do this too. This too. (laughs) The hunters don't get me. So it's, it's so funny because it was like instant bonding. Like, it was. We were like, wow, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right? And like also the project management aspect of it. Because I remember sitting in y'all's place, like you were in the barn apartment and we were going through like boots and apparel and it was like we bonded over project management. <laughs> we did. Yeah, there was just so much at, at our core that you and I just were so yin and yang with each other, but like the vibrations totally the same, without a doubt. You sent me a reel. It was like, how you know you've lived a past life. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like (laughs) together. Yeah, yeah, if you believe in past lives or not, but like Thea and I, without a doubt, like have lived lives together before. Like when we met on Twitter, like I think we kind of knew, but then when we, when we met in person, we were like, oh, this is why we can meet a complete stranger. Cause you're not a stranger. Like you're my person. You're my person. And I, I laugh even today, like, gosh, people give me kind of a hard time that I can like make friends or get along with anybody. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 you don't understand. Like I literally met my best friend on Twitter and we were in each other's weddings. <laughs> like we're still friends today, decades later. It's hilarious. And they're like, uh, I'm sorry. What? I know it sounds super weird. <laughs> I just had to share this because I want to bring this back to you. Like I said, we want to talk about the sort of conundrum and enigma that is, female friendships, like lifelong female friendships. And it started for us so simply and easily, which makes me feel a little, a little bad, like, you know, being like, Hey, let's tell you about this. But I just wanted people to know that it's possible, right? Like it's possible to start. We didn't grow up together. We were not like college friends. We weren't friends. I mean, you were just finishing up college or anything like that. So I just wanted to speak to you. Like, what do you think Meg it takes aside from, you know, finding one another after we've lived a past life together. What do you think it takes to initiate that friendship? Like I get messages that are, cause I have a lot of messaging in my personal brand really. And on my personal account, that's like, it is your responsibility to surround yourself with good people. I, I really feel it's a responsibility it that you have on so many levels to create community for yourself. And people are like, that's great, Thea. Also, you know, middle finger, how do you do that? Right? Like, so I wanted to speak to that a little bit. What do you, do you have any thoughts? Oh my gosh, I have a lot of thoughts. I guess first, let me preface just saying, like, I, I feel the same as you, Thea, that like maybe the, some people may even be like, I don't want to listen to this podcast anymore because I don't have a bestie or I haven't met my bestie through like so easily. And I just want to say like, Thea and I both have a lot of other besties, good friends that we've met. And those relationships have 
evolved or started as acquaintances and grew into more or started even professionally. And it's just every friendship origin is different. And it's, I, I think it's fun for thee and I just to share origin story because it is, it is just different, right? It's love but, <laughs> love at first sight. It was, and let me tell you, it was not love at first sight with my husband. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was great to hang out with, but yeah, it was not the same sort of origin story. But I do think that the common theme, for me at least, and as I think about other people that I know, is that it's one of like opening your heart, like surrendering to the possibility that you could find love, right? And I say love, like. Friendship. In quotations. Yeah. Love is just the vibration that you share between two people where you know there's a synchronicity, you know, to it, whether that's friendship or a lifelong love, like a a partner, right? And I think that so much of it is just about how you surrender to the possibility that you could have something in common with this person. And my, like I said before, my husband in particular gets on my butt about like, I make friends with like the grocery checkout person. I make friends with like the Uber driver, which let me, let me tell you just like a funny side story. I go to California for work a lot and I had an Uber driver pick me up one day and he's like all giddy when I get in the car and I'm like, Oh God, here we go. And he's like, Oh my gosh, you're the girl from Wyoming. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Hi, who are you? He's like, I picked you up a month ago from this exact hotel. And he's like, I just called my wife. Cause if you've been around Uber drivers in Cal- California, like they're on the phone with their partners all the time. And he's like, I just was so excited because it was the girl from Wyoming. I remember you. So anyway, it's just about surrendering your heart and like staying open to the possibility that you could impact somebody's life and they can impact yours. And it's like all of a sudden as they start to impact your life and you start to impact yours, you know, like that giving and receiving, it just starts to magnify and amplify. And I mean, and I'm sure we'll get to this at some point in this episode, but there are also friendships that are seasonal because the giving and receiving does change in your life where your priorities are and everything. And the and I have been fortunate at least to, to date, I would, I would hope that this would be for a forever thing, but um, that our giving and receiving has been like very intertwined. And I can, I have had seasonal friendships, which are ex- extraordinarily wonderful and extraordinarily difficult. But anyway, back to the, to your original question, I really do think it's about like this openness, this surrendering, and finding like what that common ground is with the person. I love that. So now I'm thinking there's two like disclaimers I have to make. One is if you're going to be listening to Cowgirls Over Coffee in our future episodes as well, like expect digression because that is like, I am the queen of digression. Yeah, and especially when the two of us get together. We're like, because there's just too, many, too many ideas to ping around. And I'm thinking too, I'm like, oh, there are so many, like this is such a good jumping off point. Because there are so many conversations that we could have about friendship and female friendships. Like we could probably do an an entire conversation just around like the loss of a seasonal friendship, right? Like that is so, right? Like the loss and the benefit of it. So, okay, guys, put a note in it. Remind us to come back to that because. Okay. I got to, I got to chime in real quick because this one like hit me. If if you follow, if you're on Instagram, you follow the holistic psychologist. Like she's, she's amazing. I highly recommend following her. She actually posted like maybe it was a month ago or so about that romantic relationships are easier to get through and grieve than ending of a seasonal friendship. Because like in a romantic relationship, like you know where the definitive point is most of the time, right? Um, It's like, I'm breaking up with you or we're done. In a seasonal friendship, it's just like squishy, right? The gray area, God, it's just hard, really painful. 
it's more Ross and Rachel on a break than <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We, okay. So we're putting a pin on this. Please remind us. We need to do a whole other conversation about this. The other thing I was thinking about is that Mel Robbins, I believe, has a podcast and I think it's on Audible. Don't quote me on that. But she does do a, a talk or something that's about friendships. Like you have roots and trunks and branches and leaves and what those different things are. And I don't remember off the top of my head what all the things are. But if you Google that, I'm sure you can find it. But that's also another great way to look at sort of the categories or methodologies of friendships that can occur in your life. And that is maybe the one thing that I think holds people back from achieving or really putting themselves out there. Like you said, like opening your heart to actual true new friendship is that we think every friendship has to be a best friend love story. Right. And so maybe. Totally, yeah. This is beautiful. This is awesome. Yeah. And I think maybe if we were just like, if we approached it like an experiment, like you're open to anyone, right? Like I will have a conversation with anyone. I tend to be of a bit of a Pollyanna. Like I want in my heart, I want people to walk away. And this is maybe very egotistical, but like if you had an interaction with me, like I hope it made your life a little bit better, right? Like I hope you walked away being like, oh, that girl from Wyoming. I'm so glad I get to pick her up. (laughs) That's how quickly, and maybe it comes from maybe we get the opportunity to start these friendships by being of service first. Like really, is that where it maybe comes from? Like, I feel like that's like the Twitter thing. Like we started connecting. I can't even remember what it was about, but like being of service first and being like, oh, I feel like how many times did we, this is also to you guys, like, was this pre-Zoom? I feel like it was pre-Zoom, but I remember like on Skype, like I would have a Skype chat box just open on my work computer and like, would chime in and be like, we were sharing our work projects and we were in completely different. Like even as when you were like with Kilomatic and all those things, like, and I had my United Way projects and we were like weighing in on like marketing messaging and logo design and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. So I feel like it began even from a place, if we can just be of service and not be like, I'm out here seeking my bestie, right? But I just want to be of service. And maybe that's where the seed of a great friendship can lie and like releasing expectations, not just of the person, but of the relationship itself. Yeah. And I think the expectations piece is, is big because I think as people, as humans, like we want to categorize, like that's just how our brains work. Some of us categorize more strongly than others. And I think it's easy to slip into developing narratives around a person for better or for worse whether you want to vilify them and have nothing to do with them, even if you feel this strong gravitational pull towards them and what could become a friendship from maybe a frenemy to, you know, somebody that you see as aspirational or that you like the idea of, but that's not really who they are at their essence. It's like the narrative that you've built up in your head. And so I don't know, I was just like sitting here thinking, it's kind of like, you and I always go back to like horse analogies, but it's like, how many horses have you had in your life? And like, you have like your, you have like life horses, right? You've got horses that you just instantly bond and click with that like your Teddy, you know, and I don't want to make you cry, but like your Teddy or my Spanky. And it's just like horses or dogs even, you know, that just, they're supposed to be in your life for a reason. And like, you don't, there's not a lot of work that goes into it. And then there are others that you have to work more towards and you get through you know, like some of the difficulties of like a horse dirty wanting to buck as a two-year-old and then they turn into like this snorty four-year-old that's amazing, you know? Anyway, it's just about like releasing those expectations and meeting 
your friend or this person where they're at, exactly where they're at, not where you think they're at or where you want them to be at, but where they actually are in that moment in their life. And I think, you know, back to your point about like giving, you know, to that relationship where they're at in that moment. I love that. As we're talking about releasing, like, I feel that we find, and you'll notice this as you're listening to our conversations, as we continue with Cowgirls Over Coffee in the podcast, we always say on the Cowgirls Over Coffee team, we have an advisory team. It's not just me. Like, it's not like Thea's the guru in Cowgirls Over Coffee. Because <laughs> Lord help us all. But like, we talk about these things and we always say like, there's only like three to five answers, right? There's like, six gazillion trillion questions, but there's only three to five answers. And they're all just these common threads. And I think releasing of expectations is one of them. Because we were talking a little bit before we hopped on the recording about like that our friendship has weathered very big seasonal life changes. Like we've had tsunami style life changes in the time that we've known each other from being 20 something career driven to getting married to moving to rural areas where we released our careers that we were both very, very, you know, our, our identities were completely and utterly oh, tied completely. up in our work. Yes, a thousand percent. And then we didn't have that. And then becoming mother, which, like, huh, you thought you had loss of identity with your career. Here's a healthy serving of <laughs> more loss of your identity with motherhood. But I think that also comes from in the relationship not having expectations of one another and just there's no expectations, right? I mean, that maybe that's not true. Like there are expectations. Like I expect that you will be my friend and tell me like the true friendship of like, I know you will encourage me as much as you will hold up the mirror and call me out. So maybe yeah. it's not no expectations or I don't know. I'm just like processing. This is my process too. I talk things to figure them out. But what are your thoughts on that? Like, as far as the role of expectations of one another as you move through the arc of life, and we're only, I hope we're barely beginning. Like, it's already felt very tumultuous, but I hope this is like just still the beginning. I think the the lack of expectation should be around where or how a person is at any given moment. Like, you and I have had some really low lows and some great highs. And sometimes those like sine waves match up and sometimes they're opposite, but we never have the expectation that, or I shouldn't speak for you, I guess I don't want to put words in your (laughs) mouth, but I never have the expectation that you should be okay because I'm not okay. I don't expect you to be a victim with me when I'm having a really rough season. Those I think are, that's more the, the root of expectation. I don't, I also don't expect you to show up the same way every day. And I don't expect you to stay consistently the same person because you and I both have evolved a lot over like, I don't even want to add it up because then we're going to date ourselves, but like (laughs) over the long time that we've known each other, um, how many iterations, you know, we've been through. And it, so I think it's like less about like the traditional word expectation and more about like being specific around it for sure. I love that too. And that's got to be a degree of respect, right? And empathy and another form of love. You said earlier too, like, it's like not romantic love. And like in, please, I am not a theologist, so don't hate on me for this. But like, I think it's Hebrew where whatever, where the Bible, like there's different or Greek, it's Greek, right? Where there's like four different kinds of love. Like there's agape love, but it's like the love you have of like a friendship and the love that God has for you. And like, 
romantic love. Like there's different kinds of love. And in English, we only have the word love, right? And so I think it's a degree of love and respect in the relationship where you don't, like what you were saying, like, I don't expect you to show up the same way. And gosh, if we could give that same empathy to our spouses, I'm just having a moment here where I'm like, oh no, poor Jesse and Tyler. <laughs> Lord help them, the woman that they're married to. Hey, they made their, they made their bets. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's probably like a big piece of like having the longevity of friendships around the expectation as well. But as you were talking about this too, I was thinking the expectation of not only the person, but what the friendship needs to look like. Because we have spent very little time living in the same geographical location. And even then we were so busy with with our- I think we saw each other more after than we did when we were living in the same county. I think we talked, I know we talked more. I feel like we we definitely were, that was like a busy season too. Yeah, busy. (laughs) We thought we were busy. Traumatic season. (laughs) Uh, but so I read this book and I'm not going to name the book because I didn't particularly care for it. And I'm going to tell you what I didn't care for it about it was that it like categorized these like five or 10, or I don't remember how many was types of friends you need to have. Like, oh gosh, yeah, it did. I didn't, it totally, I'd like to write a book that is in complete opposition. Well, not complete. There's some good stuff. There always is. But like that book you're talking about, I only read like two chapters and I quit reading it. Oh, I was just like, no, this, this is a pass. But it was like, you need a cheerleader friend and you need like a pragmatic friend and you need the friend that you can call. Like, that's an expectation that I think is like, no, that's not how you build friendships. Not authentically, I don't think. Like, that's like a very you-centered way to start building out your friendships. Like, I need a staff, a service of friend staff that will fill like, you're going to be marketing and you're going to be accounting. Ugh. Yeah, well, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't resonate with me. And if it does for you, like more power to you, because I, I appreciate the fact everybody's brains and souls and stuff process like differently. And I might be I'm a little hippy dippy, but I think I think what it comes down to is this notion of creating space in your relationship mm-hmm. and space for the other person, the space for them to be themselves, the space for them to have their big feelings, the space for them to be held when they're ready to be held, and so it's. Far like maybe that is what the expectation is. I've always expected you to have to create space for me, as I feel you probably have expected that of me to create mm-hmm. for you. And I think where you and I, I, I found our relationship a lot different than many that I've had, and I am truly grateful for and appreciate it. And it, maybe it comes back to this like you and I are in the same vibe, but this creating space idea is that you always ask me what I need. Mm. And I think I do the same to you. Again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's like, how can I show up for you? What is the thing that I can do to make this easier for you? How do you want me to respond? Because sometimes it's like in a, like you and I both have been in seasons where we just need to vent. Other times we need a solution. Other times we just need to have somebody hold our hand, squeeze our hand while we're walking through big moments in our lives because it's very frightful. You know, mm-hmm. at different times. But like we both of us have, are, I think, really good about asking each other how, how and where we can show up to create that space for each other. I love that because I would almost say it's like, that's such a good observation of our friendship because it's very permission based, right? Because I feel that 
maybe it's the like pragmatic problem solving part of us, but we're like, we know there are different things that we can show up at. Like, do you want me to help you workshop this? Do you want me to just listen? Do you want me to just encourage? What do you feel like you're needing from me right now? I feel like is the essence of the question. And then I think that comes from like, not only a personal awareness, and maybe this is the other side of it too, is like, you can expect to have a great friendship and nurture a great friendship if you're not starting with yourself, right? Totally. And I and I feel like that's something that we're both like mutually committed to is like ourselves. Like we're mutually committed to ourselves and like growth and development. And because of that, we share that journey too, right? With each other. We're like, hey, I read this, I saw that. Like, but being able to do the permission-based support of what are you needing, but also at the same time, we're doing our own self-work. And again, this is this is going to go back to the like the five, there's only five answers, like personal well awareness, personal development, all that kind of stuff equips you to show up in a relationship and yep. be an active participant in an authentic friendship over the long term in that way, because you have to have the self-awareness to to be able to shift gears and provide the support that is needed. So, okay, so let's, can we dovetail here um, onto another topic? Because I think that it's interesting how, and hopefully this doesn't isolate anybody in the conversation. I'm just going to use one example, which is motherhood. But I think there are many seasons in life where this can apply. But in motherhood, how easy it is to deprioritize yourself. I think particularly, you and I were just talking about text the other day about this, particularly in our contemporary culture. And particularly when you live in isolated geographic areas without a lot of support. And so it's like how easy it is to not identify what your needs are. And then that doesn't allow other people to show up and create space for you. Because Mm -hmm. if you can't name what you need, or it's not even naming what you need explicitly, but having like a true understanding fundamentally of where you need space created for yourself in a relationship, how can you expect another person, again, here we go back to the word expectations, expect that other person to to hold that space or create that space for you. And I know like for me in particular, this is something I've been working through a lot, like in this season of my life, like in the last, let's say this summer, this idea of equitable giving and receiving in relationships, especially in female friendships. And how difficult that is in motherhood, especially I I can't speak to as children get older, like my son's only four and we've got another little one on the way via your kids are, you know, what, five and seven. And so we've got little people running our houses, (laughs) but it really, it comes back to like how we show up for ourselves first in order. And like, maybe this is like, like on the hamster wheel. Cause like, you need the support in order to show up for yourself, but you can't show up for yourself without, you know, it's like, Ooh, yeah. it's kind of, kind of spooky. But I think it's like holding yourself in that juxtaposition, right? Like holding yourself in that juxtaposition and communication. I think is that that's gotta be other piece of it, right? You have to be able to communicate. Like we've often had conversations and we're super honest to each other. I cannot remember a time where it's like, Oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Like that's never been, it's like usually like, I'm equal parts defeated and optimistic. And we're like, (laughs) that sums it up. (laughs) Right? Like, so, and I think that that all comes back to holding your place yourself in that place of juxtaposition so that you can have the awareness to, and you have to not be afraid to experiment with things. Like, I think I need this and like be, 
super vulnerable, right? With, with your friend, be like, I don't know what I want, or I'm like really failing in this area and be open to getting constructive feedback. And I think also, and this one's been really hard for me, and I expect this is probably the same for you, being willing to release those relationships where you no longer feel like you're receiving as much as you're giving. And because I'm a big giver, I love helping people. I love solutioning, love problem solving. Also probably why our relationship is so permission-based because like, it's so important to me that I don't try and solve your problems when you don't want them solved. Because I've made that mistake. Well, I make that mistake in my marriage all the time. <laughs> that's, that's an evolution, an ongoing evolution. But I give and give and give and give. And I, I'm sure a lot of women, if you're listening to this, if you're a cowgirls over coffee type of gal, like you probably are built of the same tapestry, you know? And so anyway, I've been like really thinking hard or feeling into, I shouldn't say, because I'm like such a left brain person who's also intuitive. It's weird. But like I've been thinking, feeling really hard into this idea of like, where am I giving too much and not receiving? And is the lack of receiving because I'm not identifying what my needs are and being honest in that relationship and asking where I need to? Or is it I'm not creating the space or allowing a person to do that because our relationship's been so like problem solving based? Or is it because that person truly is just not in alignment or serving the best interest of my needs in this particular season that I'm in? And holy cow, you want to talk about a can of worms these you can you can open feeling all of those feelings. But I don't want vacuous relationships and I definitely don't want relationships that are like, for lack of a better term, parasitic. And we've all, we've all had these relationships in our lives. And I promise if you're listening to this, you're not one of these people. <laughs> you probably not- never coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just interesting for sure. How, how that giving and receiving must be equitable and how so often the root of the issue is ourselves and not sitting with those feelings enough, being so- honest with ourselves. Ugh. So we're coming up on, I want to keep these conversations really digestible. So I don't want to go on and on for hours, but I feel like this like is barely the tip of the iceberg, which of course I should have figured, even though I didn't figure we're definitely gonna have to have more conversations about this, about friendship in general. It's such a broad topic and there are so many nuances to it that I think are so important for us to explore. And I think that is really the crux of it is like, it's so easy to share a meme That's like, don't cross a puddle for someone who won't cross oceans for you or do cross oceans for people. We oversimplify these things. I just would love to see, which obviously I can't handle, like cannot handle absolute absolutes that always like, I'm so, that's why I tend to be like, which a whole other can of worms, like not living with a disclaimer in front of you all the time is really hard for me. But I would love to talk, like, there's so many things that we could talk about that we're going to have to have conversations about, like, what our expectations are and, like, how we've been conditioned by watching the shows we watch, like Friends and Sex in the City and what we think things should look like. And can you have authentic relationships online or is everybody fake online? And which, spoiler alert, if you think that either you need to be open <laughs> to 
or you should just, it's okay. No judgment from me, but this is not going to be the place for you. You're. Gonna I was going to say, I can already name like 10 people online that I've become close with that I've never met in real life. <laughs> yeah. I have friends like we've been friends for years and then we finally meet. But anyways, so yeah, if you're not down with the online stuff, then we're probably not your table and that's cool, but we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you out there in IRL. Do people still say IRL? That I don't know. We can't. We do. Yeah. We're people. Right. Exactly. We're people. But I want to wrap this conversation. Like, if you were going to give advice to a woman who is feeling isolated and alone and like she doesn't have, she doesn't currently have equality of female relationships in her life, or she feels, you know, lost or the ones they're not fulfilling her or she needs new things, like, what would be, I hate to just say one piece of advice, but what would you have to say to that woman who's just feeling like she's, she's not receiving the female relationship experience that she wants in her life in this season? Okay. As you asked that question, I have the goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) And if I ask myself why, I think it's because all of us have been there. Mm -hmm. All of us are there. The human condition is a lonely one Mm -hmm. and doesn't have to always be. So I guess my, my first bit of advice is just to know like, you are unalone in your aloneness. Oh, that's a good one. Go ahead and like tap back if you didn't hear what yeah. I just said. You are unalone in your aloneness because all of us experience this as humans. And I think all of us, particularly as women, and if you're a rural woman or an entrepreneur, those that are sitting at this table drinking coffee with Thea and me on this podcast today, all of us have experienced this at one point or another. And I'd be the first to say, I feel alone probably more than I do not. So there's the sad, sad, sad part of my advice. (laughs) Just the recognition of that. But the other beautiful part of the human condition is like, you are not alone. And so I think it truly is about just being vulnerable and surrendering to the possibility that you can have friendships and relationships and they may only last as long as an Uber driver in California that picks you up twice at the same. I don't even know, remember the guy's name, you know? Oh, or, he's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> he might be. <laughs> he's so sweet. Or it may be as long as the relationship, you know, that he and I have or, or longer. Like, gosh, my grandmother was best friends from preschool with three women. Like there were three of them until the day that she died. And anyway just surrender to the possibility that you can have friendships and meet them in that season. I love that. What about you? What's your piece of advice? My piece of advice would be that it has to start with you. And yes, if anyone's been in my sphere for very long, you know, I'm a huge journaling advocate. (laughs) A little bit. Just a little bit, but like sit down, like if you're really struggling there's so many things I could, I want to talk about now, like the different kinds of isolation that you like being alone. I think we have a, a unique experience of that as rural lifestyle, but like you can be alone in a lot of ways. Like motherhood is like, boom, that comes to mind immediately, but you need to explore like, what are you looking for in a relationship? How can I show up? How would I show up as a friend? What do I have to give? What in myself do I need to grow? What would make me be a really great friend? Am I equipped for that? What are the resources I have available to myself? How do I need to shift my beliefs around what friendship is? Can I seek out a seasonal friend 
or I feel like I force my friendship on everyone I meet. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I'm like, hey. I would agree with this. <laughs> and some people are like not so much wanting that. And I have to be okay with that too. But I really think if you're in a season where you are just feeling like the friendship piece is not there for you, where you want it to be or where you think it should be, come back to yourself. Really take a look in the mirror. If you don't have someone to hold that up for you, which is the beauty of friendship, you know, but like you're going to have to really dive deep and get really curious with yourself. And you can do this. Word, curious, curious well, with yourself. It's, right. It's beautiful. Yep. And you don't have to like sit with a notebook, which I'm a big proponent of. But like as you're scrolling through social media, if you are like, oh, that girl's dumb or I don't like that. Like if you have any strong reactions or I love that, that's so cool. Start asking questions about yourself because that's going to be a little bit of insight that will tell you what you can give or receive from a friendship. And I think that's really a good place to start. And maybe from there, as you're working on yourself at the same time, be open to someone, anyone, how they might show up, where they might show up. Just, you know, keep your head up and your eye on the horizon of seeking out that friendship from a place where you maybe think it couldn't come from or whatever. I think that would be my, I think that's my number one takeaway. I love it. I hope that. stay curious with yourself, right? You are unalone in your aloneness. <laughs> like, look, look, we're little theologians here. <laughs> and do the dang work on yourself so you can be a good friend. Because you can ruin a friendship too. You can ruin a yes. friendship. Who hasn't been there? Who hasn't ruined a potential friendship? All because, of us have. Right? Exactly. So thank you, Meg, for spending time with me today to just kick this off. I hope that everyone has enjoyed. This is <laughs> a glimpse into what it's like to have a female friendship, I guess. This is one iteration. One. I'm really proud of us today, Thea. I feel like we slowed down enough that people could actually follow our conversation today because usually you and I are like a runaway train when we talk and everyone's like, whoa! <laughs> it didn't ping off in like 6,000 different directions, which I wanted to. <laughs> My whole brain, every time we were talking, I was like, I should have had a notepad in front of me because I'm like... I know, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I've got like so many ideas now. And just wait, just wait, people, just just wait, because now there's going to be like six different tangents that come off of this because Thea and Meg have stirred the pot this morning. Exactly. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. This is a taste of what it's like to listen to Cowgirls Over Coffee, the podcast. So welcome. Thank you for sitting at our table. Cheers. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me. If you had any aha moments or some questions came up, please hit us up in your Instagram stories. Just take a screenshot, share that, tag us at Cowgirls Over Coffee, and let's keep this conversation going. Otherwise, we'll see you back here next week. And just thank you again. Go out and make it the best week ever.